This podcast episode is brought to you by The Cry Lounge. The Cry Lounge is an independent publishing company founded by this podcast host, Bonnie Orbison. The Cry Lounge transfers your daydreams onto paper. With two book releases the past two years, they are preparing to extend their service to other authors and other creators. To get more details and support this show, there's a link in the description you can check out. The Cry Lounge looks forward to meeting you. theme song by Evie Solis. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Bonnie's Legends with me, the host Bonnie Orbison. As every Monday I'm introducing you to one of my legends that can be everybody from big celebrity to an independent artist mostly as I am one to everyday heroes, everybody literally, everybody I look up to and admire. And today I have the honor to introduce you to my legend for over a year now, Riser. Riser is a talented, legendary songwriter, singer, musician, artist. Exactly one year ago, I texted her for the first time and asked her for my podcast. And the time was right one year afterwards. So here I am. It was a lot of fun. We talked about her latest EP, Hero Girl. What is a hero girl to her? We talked precisely about the songs and what they mean for her. We talked about her time as an independent artist. We talked about her time now as a signed artist at Selig Records. Riza is just a really kind human being. It was it was really fun sitting down with her. It was a wonderful experience sitting down with her. We assume talking with her about her career, about her, about her passion, literally. Um, so yeah, I hope you have fun as much as we had. And Riza's new single, Free, is out now. It came out last Friday. And after you listen to this episode, you have to make sure to subscribe to my podcast. And then you go to her profile, wherever you are, Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you are. Go to her profile and listen to Free. It's a masterpiece. And as always, I tell you that I am also an independent artist and an independent author. And my book, Follow Me, is out since April this year. And the link is in the description. Check it out. I would love if you become a legend of reading my book. So make sure to check that out as well. 
Yeah. And have fun. And we see you next week for another episode for another legend of Bonnie's Legends. See you. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, Riser. Hi. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> I'm good too. I realized this morning that I it took me one year to get you into my podcast. I know. I'm sorry. It's been so t there's so many things I need to get done that I just haven't gotten around to doing. It's that's been that's fine. I completely understand. But I was like, <laughs> is it a half year ago? No, no, no. It was June last year. I was like, oh. <laughs> I know. I think last year didn't count. You know, <laughs> just pretend. Yeah. <laughs> It didn't count. It didn't exist. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Right. Um, okay. So um, in season one and season two, I asked my legends. Um, I No, I didn't ask them. But like I In season one and season two, I um, described themselves to the listener, but I kind of felt the energy that the legend itself would describe themselves differently. So like, how would you describe yourself? How would I describe myself? I would describe myself as honest. I'd like to think that I'm brave. So brave, um, creative, and ooh, a performer. <laughs> why do you, why do you, why do you, um, oh goodness, why do you doubt about brave like you you're brave well you know you always have you have times where you don't feel as brave and you have to, and yeah. also like, I guess it's a matter of perspective what brave is or isn't but I try I try my best to be brave every day I try I try not to do things out of fear I try and do them out of love and I think that to do that you have to be brave sometimes so I hope I'm brave I'd like to yeah. think that Thank you. Oh, you, you too. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah. So you released Hero Girl two months ago, I think. Two. Yep. Two. Yeah. I think two, right? Yeah. Yeah. Go. It was end of March. Was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. End of March. <laughs> <laughs> so how did it? How did the release go? It went well. If I'm being completely honest, I think. I made this, I made the EP like over a year ago and it was meant to come out a year ago. It was meant to come out like March of 2020. Um, but obviously COVID and all this stuff, I think, I mean, I was like stuck in London and I couldn't get my visa to move and it was like really messy. And I think I didn't get to do things the way that I initially planned to. And I think that that was a little bit pain, a little bit hard for me. So I, I, and I, and I think I've, I've come to terms with it now, mm -hmm. but I wasn't fully happy with the EP and its release in the sense that by the time the music came out, I felt like I'd moved on as a musician. I'd just gotten better. My songs were different now. Well, not completely different, but I'd grown so much as a musician. I'd grown so much as a artist and I felt like I couldn't express that. And I was still stuck in um, what I'd done a year ago, which I was excited about a year ago, and then things didn't get released in the way that I wanted to in the time frame that I wanted to because of the election and all these different variables and stuff that made it really difficult to really plan. And I'm a big planner. Um, and, but I still think that it was an important chapter in my life and I'm happy I put it out. And I think that 
Um, the fans that I do have really loved it and enjoyed it and still do. And I'm glad that I was able to give them something um, to enjoy. Um, but I'm really excited because I'm about to release new music like really, really, really soon. Um, like in the next four weeks soon. Um, I'm shooting <laughs> anything. But that um, I'm shooting a bunch of stuff and like this music feels way more like it's recent. Like I, I've made it in the yeah. last three months. Um, the visuals also like are more consistent because now that people are vaccinated and I'm in LA and stuff, it's a lot easier to do shoots, have the right COVID protocols, have everyone in one place, etc. It's made it a lot easier. So um, I'm really excited for this new chapter. Yeah. I feel this excitement via this yeah. screen. I'm honestly super excited. I think it's, I think it's the best stuff I've made so far and I'm, on, I'm hoping to only get better. Yeah. And that's also maybe because like, as you said, it's, it's your music right now, like about yourself right now. I feel yeah. that. I yeah, also like, felt that um, when I released my my first book, my debut novel, Follow Me, like yeah. I wrote the book when I was 13 and I released it when I was 15, 16. And yeah. I completely, like the, now I'm getting questions about the book and I'm like, oh my goodness, this book is so old for me. Well, like for the people, it's completely new. And if the yeah. book I'm writing now, right now, I'm like, I don't, I won't postpone it so far. Yeah, yeah. You kind of want to get it out because then you're excited about it. So I feel like yeah. I had a hard time I had a hard time promoting Hero Girl and like pushing it and being excited yeah. about it. It's not that I didn't believe in it anymore. I still think it's a part of me and it's a part of my journey. And the idea of being a Hero Girl and the concept of Hero Girl is still intact. Like I'm still maintaining that because it's bigger than just one EP. Like I know it was the title of the EP, but it's more than just that. But I'm saying purely like musically, it just felt stale and I felt like I wasn't, I didn't believe in the version of me that made that because I was no longer that version you know what I mean yeah. So yeah I'm excited and there's so much music coming and so many visuals like pretty consistently and I'm also just hoping that with these releases that I'll be able to have enough of a fan base so that it makes sense to make an album and that it makes sense to start touring etc because it's been really hard with COVID like it's I've been really limited to like TikTok and Instagram yeah as much as I love, um, as much as I love social media, the thing that I love about, my favorite thing about social media is the fact that I can talk with people. That's my favorite part. The fact, the DMs and the yeah. comments, that's what I love the most. Um, I think that during COVID, there was kind of like this pressure uh, to like show, um, show kind of like, yourself being relatable on like so and like oh this is me in in my like pajamas or whatever doing normal stuff which I I don't think there's anything wrong with that and I'm not like I don't care if someone sees me with no makeup and zip cream on like I don't like I don't feel the need to like pretend to be perfect all the time because I don't but that's not why I make music or want to be an artist I do it because I want the artists and the people that have that I've looked up to and the people that have made me want to do this are people that have made me dream yeah people haven't given me reality they've given me something to aspire to something to hope for and um I felt very frustrated um in the last year feeling like the only option I had to 
get fans, which as much as like it's silly, like that is kind of the name of the game and being signed, like that's what your label wants. I didn't want to have to pretend to be relatable because I feel like that's a lie in order to like go viral on TikTok or and like get people to care. I'm like, but then they don't care about what I'm making. They care about that one funny video I made. Like yeah. they're not there for the art and I want people to be there for the art. Yeah. So I'm really hoping that uh, as things start to open up and I have more options and even just more, op- like even just the, if I do want to upload TikToks, it, it has more to do with the work that I'm doing. I'm hoping that through that, I'm able to get people on board and have people be a part of this family I'm trying to build as opposed to fake my way to being relatable, like fake relatable. Cause I'm like, that's yeah. not relatable. If I have to, if that's not how I naturally am, why would I do that? That's not being honest you know so it's like a weird sorry I've been thinking about this a lot I'm giving you the voice to talk about whatever you want <laughs> thank you so much um so yeah that's something I've thought about a lot and I'm just excited to open this new page and yeah navigate it how I want to navigate it not navigate it how I think I'm supposed to navigate it because of the limited you know, nature of like being in a pandemic and being in lockdown and not being able to really do anything or interact with people. Yeah, yeah. Same happened with me when I released the book. I was, because like um, the f- now suddenly everybody kind of gets that I wrote a book in my school. But yeah. like, if I'm thinking about a time where no COVID would have existed during the time I released this book, I think probably my school would have done a reading or like, you, you know what I mean. Yeah, there would have been more, yeah, and the, and you and your work would feel alive because there would be like interactions with people about the work that aren't just aren't just a comment or like a clip. It would be like talking to people or going to do this yeah. or like, you know, going to a bookstore and like, I don't know, just there's yeah. just, and even for you as a writer or like as an artist or whatever, it, it's good for your spirit to feel like you're, participating and engaging with your work outside of just having made your work yes Um, like it's good for your brain like it's just good for your state of mind it's good for your confidence it's good and like the more confident you feel the the more people I think are going to respond to what you're doing so yeah man 2020 (laughs) it's so bad yeah 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 but it is and like I think everything happens for a reason I'm really excited about what I'm doing now so yeah you just got to keep it moving you know yes exactly um um okay so you said um oh yeah so there are no more self-taped music videos (laughs) no not for now maybe in maybe in the future but not for now no but I'm really excited I'm working with because I was kind of, I had way too much on my plate, but I'm working with this creative director. Her name is Bridget Crisp and I really love her. And we're working together to make sure that the costume, the hair and makeup, like, and all the videos are consistent. And like, in terms of like, if I do live, what that looks like and kind of, because I was doing that before, but by myself. And then it was just really difficult to keep up and do that and be in the studio. And, you know, it was too much. So um, I think having her on board is going to make my vision translate a lot yeah than before so I'm really excited so yeah I don't think there'll be any self-taught videos but um there will be a lot of behind the scenes self-shot content so a lot of like 
little vlog style <laughs> is in the coming weeks, which I'm really excited about. All right. Yeah. Um, okay, so Here a Girl was done one year ago already. Like yeah. the songs haven't changed or something. No, the, okay. the songs were made fully with the exception of Shades On. Mm-hmm. All the songs were finished by January of 2020 they were wow. and they were meant to come out March of 2020 all right and they came out March of 2021 so yeah it was yeah yeah that's a lot yeah <laughs> that's how life is right yeah um all right so I want to talk I think I already sent you a voice message or something about it but like the first time I listened to here ago I was I think I was mentally on a bad state I have no idea I was just going with the I was driving with the bus home and I remember it rained and I was completely wet and all that stuff so I was sitting in this bus and I was listening to um here we go and the song that made me cry was constellations I was just like oh my tears I burst into tears that's probably my favorite song right now off of that EP yeah I love constellations I um Constellations actually is a freestyle. It was a freestyle. So um, my friend, one of my best friends, Diaco, who I made a lot of the music off of the EP with and a lot of the new music that's coming out, he was just playing on the piano. And he just kept playing that. And the mic was on and I was like, okay, I was like, press record. And I just started singing the top line, that whole top line. I just sang the whole thing um, and I was like, I was actually crying by the end of it. I was feeling just a bit like, you know, insecure and feeling a bit small. Yeah. A bit like, oh, I wonder if like things are going to happen for me. You know, like just feeling a bit bad about myself. But at the end of the song, I was trying to remind myself that like there's hope and everything and there's beauty and everything. And you just can't, you can't just give up because you you can't give up. Um, And then we added like, I added more vocals on top of everything. But actually that song was completely like just me speaking about what I was feeling. I didn't write it. I wrote it. I had to listen back yeah. and write everything down afterwards. Um, yeah, but that's the feeling what the song gives you, gives the listener. Like I felt like that. I was like, all right, she just sings my feelings right now. And then I burst into tears. And in the end, it gets, it gets helpful. And I'm like, all right, I don't give up. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, thank you so much. I'm really glad that song resonates with people because it's definitely the most emotionally vulnerable song on the yeah. end. Um, and the reason I put it on the end of the EP is because it's meant to leave it open. You know what I mean? Like this idea of like, oh, the door's still open and there's something else that has to come after. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, I love that song. I'm excited to perform it live. Yeah. Cry on stage. <laughs> yes. Um, but like, yeah, I think that's also like, that's why the, ma- the title is I mentioned because a hero girl, um, as you before said, it's it's like, it's someone you look up to, but then it's also somebody who is feelings like everybody else. Like, yeah. A hero girl is still like a human being and it still thinks like, oh my gosh, I want to give up. But like, no, I, I don't give up. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. But being a hero girl isn't about being perfect or yeah, perfect confidence all the time. Yeah. Um, it's about seeing yourself through and seeing things through. That's what it's about. And like 
doing that comes with obstacles and it comes with, you know, hardship and difficulty and doubt and stuff like that. And that's just, you know, it's part of life. <laughs> it's part of, it's part of the merry ground of life. Um, yes. So, um, what inspired you to write constellations? Like, um, no, you know, I forget that question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I kind of answered it a little bit. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) No, it's your problem. Um, yeah, so uh, Go First Baby was obviously like such a huge hit for me personally. <laughs> it was just like, I remember I, I discovered you proof the Mark Ronson cover. I want, um, oh goodness, I want to see the bright lights. Yeah. And um, then I was like, oh, she already put music out. And then I was obsessed with bullying boys. And I remember one night in summer, I was. Um, there was a house party going on in COVID times. I, I have completely no idea why, <laughs> but there was a house party going on and I couldn't sleep because they were so loud. And um, I, I just listened to bullying boys the entire night. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I don't even know. I was just like, I need to distract myself because they had really bad music taste. And I was just like, you know what? I put music on. Down and down. Like putting right, rise on. Why not? <laughs> I love, I love bullying boys to this day. I really love that song. It's my most about. (laughs) It's about honestly, it's about like the title is kind of like sarcastic. Yeah. A little bit in the sense that I was, I wrote that song. I was coming out of like a really, I think the most difficult time I've in my life I've had so far, so far. (laughs) (laughs) I'm hoping it'll be that, but Mm. uh, and I was just surrounded by, unfortunately, by a couple men that were very, um, one of them specifically, that was very abusive, um, emotionally, mentally, mm-hmm. um, harassing me a lot. And um, it was really hard. And whenever I even tried to stand up for myself, and like, I was in, I was in LA with no visa, no money. Like I was in, I was in no position, I, like the power difference was just so massive um and this person and his friends every time I tried to stand up to myself I kind of made tried to gaslight me into thinking that it was my own fault that I'd either invited that negative attention it was just like classic yeah you know like it's your own the same ones you're difficult or you're being overly sensitive or you're exaggerating your reaction to this this is not that bad when actually like now looking back, I'm like, well, that's actually a thousand times more serious than I even realized at the time. Cause you also like to protect yourself a little bit, you try and justify. Yeah. You don't even in that moment when those things are happening to you, when abuse is happening to people, I think, obviously I can't speak for everyone, but I have a feeling that while it's happening, you try and like minimize in your head just so it doesn't impact you as horribly as it, it like, yeah. Like, I don't want to be like, oh, it's not that bad. Like, almost to protect, not to protect them, but almost to like, protect, protect yourself, yourself from the reality of like how horrible the situation you're in is. And I, and um, I kind of wrote that song when I decided to let go of that and put it and like um, accept the fact that I had been give myself permission to be like, 
oh no, you've been like hurt. And like what happened was not okay. Um, and then kind of like sarcastic being like, yeah, I, I would be bullying boys if I could be. Yeah. But I can't because it was never about me having any power. I never even had the power to even have that as an option. Yeah. Or you didn't have the strength to do it. Yeah. And, yeah. and I didn't, didn't have the strength, but it wasn't even an option. Yeah. Okay. Maybe if you have the option and you choose not to, but I didn't even have the option because I was not the person in control. I was not yeah. the person with the power. I was not the person that was able to inflict any pain. Yeah. Because I couldn't because of the power imbalance. Um, so yeah, I, I'd be bullying boys if I could be, um, but I'm just like, I'm just sitting here and like talking to God, like praying, like, and I'm not, and I'm not a religious person um, at all. Like I grew up, so my mom's Christian and my dad's Muslim. So I grew up in a dual religious household and my parents are very open-minded people. Like they, they think like I'm, my parents aren't religious, but they, they're spiritual people and they believe that whether or not you choose to have a relationship with a higher power of God that's like a personal thing yeah. so my parents are like um my parents are very progressive like woke <laughs> you don't <laughs> so have to tell me you know they're in their late late 40s early 50s so I don't know how woke but they are woke in, in the sense that they're you know pro women's rights like pro like gay rights like yeah stuff like that and there's always been like a Converse, anything's open for conversation in my parents home like yeah. there are things that you don't speak about and like um um stuff like that so back to my original point I'm not religious but I think there have been times in my life where I felt so low that I kind of felt like I wanted like I had to believe that there was something out there to to pray to to speak to like I don't know if it's God or the universe or whatever that was a time in my life where I did need to, for my own sanity, imagine that there's something bigger than just this situation right now. Um, So that song is very, you know, it's sad and it's vulnerable, but I think it's also triumphant. Um, And I love that song. And it was the first song that I wrote after like leaving that situation, like leaving it then I had like a lot of other stuff that I had to resolve but just me removing myself in that situation and not speaking to those people being around those people anymore yeah um, it was the f- and I hadn't made I hadn't written anything in like four months which is I think the longest I've ever gone without making any music and that was the yeah. first song I wrote. so it was yeah I love that song and then I got to finish it with my best friend Yako who um who he didn't know what I was going through when I finally told him he was like I literally yeah. should have told me I would have come to get you you know but like when it's happening you sometimes don't feel like you can tell anyone even the people that you know you can you know yeah Yeah. Um, so yeah I love that song I'm really proud of that song you know because anytime I hear it I'm like oh like it feels like a a memento of a time where I did have hope and I was my own hero and I overcame something you know so it's a big as much as that song like no it's not a big song or anything but it's a big milestone for me personally as a person and as an artist yeah but what you said about about about, oh sorry (laughs) it's fine we're still defrosting the social parts of our brain (laughs) I stutter all the time when I speak to people like but I'm like what (laughs) 
I was like, I haven't had a full conversation with a human being in a long time. <laughs> yes. Uh, what you said about abusement, I I felt the same. I was getting bullied two years in school, in middle school, and I haven't recognized that in these two years. Like, not at all. I was like, and then at the last day of school in that school, uh, I was my hands were shaking. I kind of realized how in a bad state I was. I was yeah. like, what is what is going on with me? Like that was the first moment I even questioned in the entire situation. So and afterwards, people came like, yeah, why did like I remember my best friend uh, from childhood uh, on? She texted me like, why didn't you tell me anything? And I was like, I didn't know it by myself. So like, yeah, you always get this realization afterwards. Yeah, and it can. And I was also bullied when I was still in school, not in high school. I was lucky. I changed schools. So when yeah. I was. Me too. 14, 15, I changed schools to high school and then I had a really nice high school experience. But ages like 10 to like 15. Horrible Mm -hmm. bullying. And I think also, I think sometimes what happens when you're being bullied or mistreated or whatever, I think not only is it you don't realize it, but also it can be scary because you're like, wait, what if once I say, I admit that that's being done to me, maybe then I realize, oh, it's actually because there's something wrong with me that people treat me that way, which obviously is not true. (laughs) But I think that is part of the fear of like, I'm scared to talk about it because what if I talk about it and what I figure out is my worst fear, which is that there's something intrinsically wrong with me, you know, but that's not true. So, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) <laughs> yeah okay where okay where were we where were we um oh yeah we talked about bullying boys yes yeah okay um so obviously you were kind of like a small iris for me around the time I discovered you and then you kind of oh, like still am. Still am. there's a lot of road to cover honey <laughs> <laughs> but like I remember the go first baby I was like Wow, she will like she will rock the world. She will rule the world. And then I remember when Shade Song came out and the song came out, I was just like listening to it. And then next morning, I kind of saw of like you shared on how many playlists it was, and I was like, wow, like that song blew up. Like, how did you feel in that moment? I felt really excited. I love that song, and it was a fun song. You know what I mean? Because I don't always make just fun music. Because I'm like, I have a lot of feelings. But um, <laughs> Shades On was just fun. And I made it the first, the day before everything went into lockdown. Literally oh. the day before with Diaco in his, um, at the time he was still living with his parents in his childhood bedroom. Um, yeah, it felt good. It's one of my most highly streamed songs, even though it's one of the last ones to come out. Yeah, um, that yeah. was like, that was a moment where I was like, all right, now she, now she, now she did this one step. <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah so um you were once an independent artist yes yes and so like um my podcast gets considered as a podcast where where I interview independent artists what is mostly right but also not always you know (laughs) but like I know that I have a lot of listeners who like want to know about how it is to be an independent artist and um so yeah, how did you, like, obviously you're not anymore an independent artist. You're like, no, a sign artist. Um, mm-hmm. How do you, um, like, how do you remember being an independent artist and what is the difference between now and then? 
what is it? It's hard to tell because I got signed in the middle of COVID. Mm-hmm. So I feel like my initial experience with a label isn't necessary. Like I feel like would have been very different if there wasn't COVID. Not in a negative or positive way, but different. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest difference is I do feel like I have, it comes with pros and cons. I think there's a lot of people involved, like a lot of people. My label's, Mark's label's really small. It's upstream through Columbia. So we get all the resources that some uh, massive label like Columbia give, but it's a small group of people, which is nice. But even though it's a small group, it's not just me anymore. So there's, everyone wants you to succeed, but obviously everyone sometimes has like slightly differing opinions and stuff. So I think uh, navigating that learning to like, be like, okay, these people want me to succeed. And then what they're saying and doing is in my best interest, at least from their perspective, because they care, but also taking a step back and like, okay, right. But what do I want? And what do I want? Because ultimately they will support that in my situation. I'm really lucky that everyone's going to let me do what I want to do and be behind me. Obviously they'll give me advice that they think is good advice, but like no one truly knows how to do it except for the artist. I think, yeah, all these new voices and points of view around me, I've had to kind of learn in the last year to take a step back and be like, okay, sort through all the noise and be like, what do I want to do? What am I doing? And what makes me feel confident and happy excited? Which obviously when you're independent, when you're completely independent, no one has a fucking opinion. So it's just you, you know? Um, so there's that difference. I also think um, I'm, I feel happy with the resources that I have and the fact that there's so much, pl- I'm a big planner. So mm-hmm. um, being with a label, there's a lot of planning that goes into that, which is nice. And also just being at Delhi and like uh, two weeks ago, yeah, I was in New York for a week and I was working with Mark in person for the first time. Um, and they just moved their new studio and office there, my label. So it's just really nice that that the types of resources that they have, even just in the studio and Mark and like all the incredible musicians that Mark knows that I got to meet. Well, I got only got to meet two, but I got to meet and <laughs> work with while I was there. Obviously, it's still COVID and it's early days, but yeah, it's been a really good experience. It's definitely different to being independent. Yeah. But I don't mind it because of the type of environment Zellig is. It's, it feels very um, protective and uh, good, yeah. You don't get lost in the sauce. I feel like if you sign directly to, like, a massive label, it's really easy to get lost in the sauce. Mm-hmm. Browning in the sauce. <laughs> Just waiting to the sauce. Yeah. yeah. And uh, how do you remember the time you were independent? Well, here's the thing. I was independent for like three years and I didn't put anything out. And then I put out three songs and then I got signed. So it's, it's hard because the time when I was independent, I wasn't putting any music out. I was just making a bunch of music. And also I was involved with those really horrible people. So I don't have the best memory about that time. Like it was a painful time. It was a difficult time, but I don't regret it. And I think it was very formative for me. Um, yeah, I'm happy where I'm at now. I, I don't have any... I've never looked back and been like, oh, I'd like to do that different. I, I don't look at, I don't really look at life that way. So I'm, I'm happy. I'm sorry, you're reminding you of all the bad times. Oh, no, no, not at all. No, not at all, not at all. Honestly, I, I'm happy to talk about it. Okay. Yeah, don't worry. Um, yeah, so um, how did you get signed? How did I get signed? So... I think 
It, was, it happened pretty naturally. So I'm Harley, who's my A&R at Zelig. I met Harley when I came to LA in December of 2019 with my manager. Because him and my manager ran into each other. My manager showed him some of my stuff and Harley was like... At the supermarket, right? I've read that Yeah, story. Yeah, literally at this supermarket called Erewhon, which is like a very fancy, expensive <laughs> Super, it's not just as if you went you were you'd be like this is not just a supermarket it's like whole <laughs> but on steroids okay it's like you know like really nice prepared food and like supplements and like very like you know like natural like fancy nice. <laughs> really nice it's really nice yeah it's like a very LA thing okay you know, like um and they ran into each other and I know this was when I was still in London and my manager played him the video for Billion Boys before it came out. Hmm. And Harley was like, whoa, like I really want to meet her, whatever. So then when I got to LA, the first one of the first people I met was him when I landed. And I'd been to LA before, but I just hadn't really met any industry people. Yeah. Um, and then before I left that trip, I met Harley again and Mark. Um, played them some music and Mark was really sweet. And so was Harley. And um, I know that from then they were like really interested in, in signing me, but I wasn't necessarily looking to be signed. Um, and then <laughs> I think I, it always happens. Like you don't look for it and then it comes and you're like, oh, okay, yeah. I thought another point, but okay. Yeah, we were a bit like, oh, whatever. And then I got to London and then this other label also wanted to sign me. And then there was a bit of back and forth. <laughs> Rise <laughs> in the middle. <laughs> there was a bit of like, well, we'll give you this, we'll give you that, whatever. And then I ended up going with Zelle because I felt like, They were giving me everything that I wanted. And I think, and it was also, I think, the type of environment that I wanted to be in. Obviously, I had a lot of support and like insight um, from my manager and my lawyer, who obviously like was like weighing the options and we had many conversations about it. And then being at Zelig upstreamed through Columbia. So we get uh, my product manager, for example, she's actually at Columbia, um, et cetera. Um, just felt like the right fit so that's kind of what happened it happened in April in the middle of the pandemic literally I had I didn't leave my house for months <laughs> um maybe for like a little walk across the block and to go to the supermarket but that's it yeah so yeah it was it was that's how it happened <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's crazy um, when when was the first time in your life where you were like all right music is my passion like that's my profession I want to do I think I always knew deep down when I was a kid because I used to make a like write a lot of songs and make mini albums and make album art and visuals when I was like preteen and a teen so like ages like 10 to 18 like in my bedroom and then I moved to London to go to university to go to art school and my first day of uni I was like what am I doing here I was like, this isn't what I want to be. I had like a massive spiral, like existential spiral. And I just decided then and there that I didn't know how I was going to pull it off, but I was going to do it. That was the moment. I was 19 years old. I was like, I'm doing this. I don't know how. I don't know anyone. I just moved to the city a week ago. I don't know anyone. I don't know where anything is. <laughs> Scared and alone, but I'm going to figure it out. So you were like uh, in the university, you were in London. Yes, that's what that's why I moved to London. Okay. University. Yeah. And uh, obviously now you live in Los Angeles. Like, how did that happen? 
As you already mentioned, you kind of wanted to move before COVID, but... Yeah, so I was going to move, like, in spring of last year, but obviously COVID hit, and we couldn't... We'd already started doing all the paperwork for my visa, but then when COVID hit, all the U.S. embassies and consulates stopped doing what they call routine non-immigrant visas, which is what I have, is a routine non-immigrant visa. They were only doing, like, green cards and, like, refugee stuff, like, essential, like, very necessary um, visa stuff. Um, so I was just stuck. Um, and also there was the issue of, like, when you get signed, you get a bit of a bit of money, like, in advance. And I couldn't even get that because the IRS in the U.S., which is the, the tax people, were also shut. So I was just, like, broke, not able to pay my rent and shit. And it was horrible. And I, the only way I could is if I came to the U.S., I went to the social security office to get a social security number and like all this stuff. So um, we basically someone at Columbia who her name's Brittany. Love, I love her. She, um, she takes care of touring. So she does a lot of, obviously when you're touring, there's a lot of visas and paperwork involved because you're moving around to, um, yeah. spoke to my manager was like, actually we've had a lot of success having people go either to have having people go to the Caribbean or to, turkey for two weeks and then entering the u.s from there um with like a special visa thing that they did or whatever okay. so um, that's what i did and that's how i moved in october yeah i moved in october and then um moved into i was staying with my manager and then i was able to find an apartment in like december i moved in like two days before christmas yeah um <clears throat> okay so You also speak Spanish and French, right? Yes, I speak Spanish with my mom and French with my dad. All right. <laughs> um, do you consider um, writing songs in those languages? Or like, do you write songs in also these languages? I do. And actually, one of the songs coming out is in Spanish. So get ready. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. I love writing in those languages. I, I, especially I love... I think certain th thoughts or emotions are better expressed in French or, or in Spanish. So one of the songs is like in English and Spanish mm -hmm. too. So yeah, I'm excited. Hopefully you guys like it. I, I, I did a live once and I teased the, the demo really quickly. I don't know if you were on that live, but I teased the demo once. It's finished now. It's no longer a demo, but I teased it. Um, and I'm shooting a visual for it. Um, this month so i'm excited <laughs> so oh yeah i wanted to say that um your mom okay so um on one of my other instagram accounts i went on your live and then you, your mom came into the live and you were like hi mom and i was like oh like she followed me on that account i was like oh that's that's right that's mom i was like oh <laughs> if i would have known that's that so embarrassing. <laughs> no that's not embarrassing that's my mom's so funny My, my mom will follow or like my mom will like my mom will go through my tagged photo things that I'm tagged in and comment like she doesn't know me mm -hmm. she'll be like oh my god I love Raisa I'm such a big fan I'm like you gave birth to me what do you mean or like on my YouTube on my YouTube there's my mom has an, a YouTube account just so she can comment on my videos as if she's a fan that my doesn't mom too yeah <laughs> And I'm like, Mom. you literally could be like, I love you, my daughter, or whatever. No, she's like, I am Rice a fan. You know what I mean? And I'm like, that's so funny. 
yeah she's funny. she follows a lot of oh I just spat on myself um yeah she's she's funny like that I love that's her probably how she found me because I tagged you in one of the posts and we're like yeah definitely she'll follow anyone that posts me like, and, and she randomly just even if it's just not a story about you she just sends like emojis to that story I, I know like, she'll, right. send, she'll send random emojis to random stories she I have a friend Sarah who's a songwriter um she's a really good friend of mine she also like will reply with emojis to Sarah's story I mean, that's, that's like, your mom, like, I was like, oh my God. She's like, yeah, your mom's been like replying to my stories for the last like four weeks. And I was like, ah, that's so funny. It's cute. I'm not embarrassed by it. I actually think it's really cute. Yeah. yeah. I was just like thinking, yeah, it's just a randomly reaction or something. And then you said that it's a, your mom. And I was just like, okay. That's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's so funny. Um, oh yeah. All right. Back to when you said like, it feels more honest for you like writing songs in French and Spanish is it because your parents like I obviously think you grew up talking these languages is it because of that yeah I think there's certain not with everything I English is my preferred language to communicate with people in um even though I speak all three like the same level yeah but I think that there's certain thoughts or feelings that expressed in French or Spanish are just so much more poetic or so much more powerful than if you just wrote it in English like purely from like the way the sentence is structured or the words that are used how you can express things so it's I love kind of exploring that and playing with that when I write it's been really fun sorry (laughs) hiccup um yeah I felt the same like my first Tibino is like in German but I got it translated in English um but like now I'm just writing in English but like um like some months ago or something I wrote um a birthday poem for a friend of mine who is German so when I wrote again in German I was like wow this is such a deep language (laughs) yeah yeah, it's so much more actually one of my favorite poets is German and I you don't speak German and I can't read German but I just wish I could read his poetry in German because I feel like it'd be, it's so powerful in English and I just know that because that's his the language he originally wrote it in that it would be um so it's uh Rainier Maria Rilke oh yeah 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 I know. Uh, okay yeah big fan big <laughs> fan of his but I've never heard I've never I have a book of his poetry and it's in German on one page and then there's the English translation on the other page and obviously don't know what the fuck is going on on the German side but I just know that it's probably just so much more beautiful in German yeah um, that's the language he wrote everything in but yeah it's it do be that way sometimes <laughs> um 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 hold on <laughs> it is hard. um all right when you how is the songwriting process of Rises looking like the songwriting what of Rosa? So you, you cut out. You cut yeah, yeah, out. yeah. I wanted to do it in a poetic way. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> try again. You're fine. First time didn't count. Oh, uh, how is the songwriting of Rosa looking like at the moment? Okay, so I had a bit of a had a bit of a writer's block for the last two months really struggled the last two months but um I'm coming out of it and I think the music's a lot more 
fun and like a bit floodier and a bit more definitely like more spring and summer for sure I feel like I was writing like over the winter and stuff like really serious feel music you know what I mean yeah serious artist and now I think I've kind of relaxed a bit and I'm like no let's just do what feels good and feels fun it doesn't always have to be like serious you know what I mean like to be yeah yeah exactly yeah um okay and um sorry (laughs) you're fine you're fine you're fine oh yeah um we talked it to come to like the frame um at the beginning you talked about your achievements in this year and obviously as we got now um the the impression that you kind of just postponed everything a year yeah (laughs) but still I think this year was full of uh achievements and was really huge for you like um how did the past year change you personally hmm I I think I feel I, I I I'm dealing with it better now but I think I which is this is a positive and an negative thing I guess or or neither it just is I definitely feel more pressure than I did before okay I was really struggling with that and then I was speaking to my friend Sarah the songwriter I told you about and she FaceTimed me and she was like how are you and I was like you know I'm I'm kind of struggling I'm feeling a lot of pressure and like it's just hard and she made a really good point to me she was like the the fact that you feel pressure means you're doing something right because you feel like people watching you or you feel like you have something to prove it because you've gotten far enough that there is something to prove. Mm-hmm. Like, you were like a, the tiny little artist that no one knew a year ago that only had like 2000 followers on Instagram. You probably wouldn't feel that pressure because there's no pressure there. She's like, so it's actually a good sign. So I, I, I've started to look at it that way. And instead of uh, feeling the pressure in a negative way, I think I try and I'm trying, I've been trying the last month to look at it in an encouraging way. Um, so I think that's been the biggest difference personally um, for me. Um, and I think I think I have just so much more to achieve and so much more to do. Like I'm not satisfied, you know? And <laughs> I have really big aspirations and I just hope that I'm able to navigate things in a way that gets me there and that um, by getting there that I can bring more people with me along the way and like have a, what I want most is to touch as many people as humanly possible and to make as many people as humanly possible feel like they have a community and they have a place to be. Like I want to play a show and like look out on the audience and see all sorts of different young people um, coming together and feeling um yeah like they have like friends now and like a place to belong with each other you know and for it to not just be about me and my music but that maybe you come into it because of me or my music but then you stay because of the type of people that you're around I think I love that I mean the more people the more people there are the harder it is I think so far I feel so blessed that like when I look at my comments so like if I have like conversations on live or whatever, like everyone's so sweet to each other. And like, and that makes me really happy that like we, that it's such a nice, like generous and encouraging environment with each other and not just like towards me. That makes me happier than anything else is that um, seeing people who love the music. 
I know the word is fans, it just feels weird to say it, but I guess the fans. Um, seeing the fans, um, yeah, be with each other and be buddies and like say happy birthday to each other and stuff like that. That makes me super happy and I just want to see more and more and more of that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that, that's what I want when you uh, mentioned your time when you had 2,000 um, Instagram followers, I was like, wow, major phobic when I f started following her. Like, she, you had already, like, um, now you have the K standing in followers. Yeah. At that time, it was just the number. <laughs> it was like... Yeah, when I did the bright lights thing, I think I went up to 5K. So, I'm, so I have, like, I had, like, 5,000, and now I have 15.1. <laughs> yeah. Um. What would you tell uh, yourself one year ago? Just keep swimming, just keep swimming, whatever you do, just swim. Some, and you will get scared sometimes. Like that fear, like I think I, I thought that I'd conquered fear, yeah. but I haven't. And I think I've realized, and I think I would tell myself like you haven't and that's okay. Because if you think that you've conquered fear and fear comes back, it makes you even more afraid. But if you accept that, like, sometimes fear is going to come back and, like, doubt is going to come back, then you navigate it. You just navigate it better. But I think I might tell myself, yeah, you're going to be afraid sometimes, but it's only because you care. And that's okay. And you can over you just have to keep going and see things through and not catastrophize things, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, so what do you expect from 2021? Some live shows, <laughs> bigger hero family, um, more music, and hopefully if the hero fam is big enough, an album at the end of 2021 and a tour. Or sooner. <laughs> if, the, if the universe allows it, touch wood. I'm touching my coffee table, touch wood. Okay.